men. Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 43. It reads as this. It says, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him. He said, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Someone say 12. For 12 years, this woman had been bleeding. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent everything that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she just grew worse. When she heard about Jesus... She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from all suffering. And at once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, and he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and she was trembling with fear. She told him the whole truth. He looked at her and said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. They said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all of this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, just asleep. But they laughed at Jesus. After he put them out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately uh, the girl stood up and began to walk around. And she was 12 years old. Someone say 12. 12. And as they at this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. God touched me today. Open our, open our ears. Open our minds. Let this word take root in someone's life today. Let it take root in someone's soul today. And I give you, give you all honor and glory and praise. Amen and amen. As I mentioned last week, many see these, uh, these, these two stories as really separate stories about two totally opposite people. But these 
uh, stories and people all of a sudden collide and we see how these stories and these people connect and it becomes the perfect culmination of the story and a revelation for the church today. We have discussed how the issue of blood that the woman was up against, uh, it although it was an issue, it was not the only issue in the story. And when the woman broke the tradition, the tradition that said you can't go out in the street you're sick, you're dirty, uh, you, you, you don't need to be out in the streets with everybody else. Once she broke the tradition and she found Jesus, her healing was able to occur and Jesus gave her a go anointing. He said, go now. God is truly looking for a people. He is truly looking for a church who will not allow tradition to keep them from him. Amen? A church that will not, that will not allow tradition, man-made rules, things that really do not align with the word. He is looking for a church, for a group of people that says, I will not allow any tradition to keep me from him. And also, as this story, uh, as we unfolded this story last week, talking about Jairus' daughter, she was facing an issue it was an issue of death. Although it was her issue, it was not the only issue in her story. If you are here today, the chance is great that you've never died. And, and But often we allow ourselves to get to places where we are knocking on spiritual death's door, where we are knocking on the, death, uh, the door of, of death of our souls, where your prayer life is non-existent where your time alone with God cannot be found on any calendar. You no longer desire uh, to be in the house of God with other believers. You feed your doubts more than your faith. Uh, you believe that your ex, what your ex has said about you is more important and is more true than what the word speaks over you. And whenever you get to these moments, you are allowing the enemy to dig your own grave. And she was in the middle of an issue. It was an issue of death, but what appeared to be just an issue of death turned out to be it was really an environment because although Jesus was in the room and Jesus had, was, the, was, uh, was the king of kings and he was the man who would, could walk on water and he's the man who turned water to wine. He's the one who said, peace be still. He was this man and he was in this room, but the, but, but the environment of the room was not conducive for a miracle. So he had to get some unwanted guests out. Amen? He had, to, he had to get rid of some doubters, some haters, some naysayers, some spectators. And Jesus had to remove people from the room to change the environment. So here we are today. Not only was tradition and environment an issue in this story then, but the issues for many of us today, but, in, uh, but in, in both of these stories, another issue comes into play. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but let's look at this issue, what God is revealing to the church this morning. The woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years had to push through crowds and chaos of people. People were everywhere, but she kept pushing till she found Jesus. And when Jesus arrived at the home of the 12-year-old dead girl, Jesus spoke in verse 39. He says, why all of this commotion? Why is there so much chaos? In both of these stories, we find that people 
in need. They were not only in need, they not only had their own issues, but an issue was that they were in middle of chaos. And this is where we are today, the issue of chaos in our lives. How many of you would just be honest and say, I have had some moments of chaos in my life where I didn't know what was going on. I did not know how the next bill was going to pay, be paid. I didn't know if my marriage was going to work. I didn't know if my kids were coming home. It was just chaos. Am I the only person that's ever been in chaos? I believe we've all been in some chaos. Chaos is an issue. And it's an issue because the devil loves chaos. Because chaos can make you lose your focus. Chaos will make you get lost in the crowd when you're really trying to find Jesus. Chaos will make something so little, something that really doesn't even, even matter. Chaos will make something so little and it will turn it into something so huge. Chaos will make you lose your mind. Chaos will make you forget why you even started down this path to begin with. Chaos will make you stay in tradition because it's just so much easier of a choice. Uh, chaos will make you change your Facebook status when you really need to change your environment. The devil loves chaos because chaos makes people vulnerable. Mm. Chaos. Chaos makes you uncomfortable. And when we get uncomfortable, we start to put up walls. Well, I'm not going any further. God, God must not be in this. Or I can't see anything else. This is crazy. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not continuing my walk with the Lord. Lord, if you were real, there would not be chaos in my life. And before we know it, we get uncomfortable and we start to build walls. When you insist on your comfort, somebody needs to write this down today. When you insist on your comfort, you are missing a season of growth. Hmm. When you insist on comfort, you are missing a season of growth because growth is not comfortable. Growth is not comfortable. Expanding yourself, it is not comfortable. I have never met an exceptional leader. I have never met an exceptional pastor a top-notch performer in any field that has always been comfortable. I have never met those people because great leaders know how to use the issue of chaos as a catalyst for new dimensions in their field. They know that when chaos is brewing, that it could really be used as fuel to expand their business. They realize when they take captive the chaos that they can really expand their spiritual walk. A pastor realizes that it's full of the spirit when there is chaos in the church that the the devil is trying to stop something that the devil is trying to stop a breakthrough that the devil is trying to stop a new dimension of growth great leaders know how to use chaos as a catalyst they do not allow chaos to control the conqueror that is inside of them ronald reagan he gave this famous speech it said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. John F. Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Martin Luther King Jr. spoke one day. He said, I have a dream. All of these statements were born in moments of chaos for our country. Yet these statements have become highlight reels for the American history. How 
is that? How is moments of chaos become highlight reels? Can be some of the uh, our country's greatest moments because someone, a leader, stepped up to the plate and took authority in the middle of chaos. Your chaos can become a highlight in your life when you understand that you have the authority of God. Hmm. Authority. Jesus' ministry is beginning, and he speaks this famous passage of Scripture in Matthew. It's what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. The passage of Scripture is the longest of Jesus' messages. It's chapters long. It has some of the most quoted pieces from all the Gospels, including the Lord's Prayer in this passage. After he delivers this three-chapter message, the Scripture says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. They were amazed because... He taught as one who had authority. He taught as one who had authority, not as the other teachers of the law. Please note the very important words in this passage. They said that he spoke as one who has authority, not one who is speaking with authority. These two statements are very different. He spoke as he had it. It was his. He did not have to borrow the authority. It wasn't on layaway. It was not in his suit, but he was speaking with someone who has authority. See, he wasn't speaking as someone with authority. See, you can speak with authority, but not have authority. There are a lot of Christians who walk around saying, I know, I'm walking around with authority, but no, you don't have the authority because you don't have the strength inside of you quite yet. But all of a sudden, all these people, here he was, he was speaking, he was not, not speaking with, he was speaking as someone who has it. See, you can speak with a loud voice. You can speak with big words. You can dress as one with authority. But if you don't possess that authority, it's just words this morning. In other words, authority is not something that you speak. It is something that you become. The authority of God is not something that you just speak. It is something that you become. When, a, when, uh, when, 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 when desiring to become a police officer, the people that are going through the training, they do not get the authority of a police officer in the middle of their training. But once they have finished their training and all the ceremonies and everything that they go through, then they get the badge. It is then that they become an officer. God is calling a church. Stop talking that you have authority and start showing the devil that you possess the authority that you've been speaking about. We have the authority. It is inside of us. Chaos hates authority. Chaos hates authority. In Matthew 10 and 1, Jesus called the 12 disciples to him and he gave the authority to them. He said, I am giving it to you. 
I'm not giving it. It's not on layaway. It's not to borrow. He said, I am giving. I am putting the authority inside of you, my chosen 12, to do what? To heal the sick, to cast out demons. Why did he do this? Why did they need the authority? Because everywhere that those 12 were about to go was about to be chaos. And God knew, Jesus Christ knew, you have got to have the authority if you want to win souls in this day. You have got to have the authority to speak to the dead people and get up. You have got to speak. You have got to have authority has to be in your bones. When a demon comes across your path, you have got to have the authority. He says, it is yours. But so many times when the chaos that the devil has planted starts to bud, the devil loves to plant chaos in our lives. Right in the middle something that God is about to do. He will come and deliver something so beautiful. It looks good right in the middle of chaos. When you're like, God, I don't know if I can make it. He will come and begin to plant things in your life. Listen. God, this is going to rock some of your theology. Hope you brought your boots. The water's deep outside. God will allow chaos in your life to reveal to yourself, not to everyone else around you, but God will allow chaos in your life to reveal to yourself what you are really made of. Yeah. So the next time you're in chaos, don't go blaming the devil always. It may be God's plan for your life. Huh. How could that be? Let's talk about this this morning. This is crazy. So many people in the times when the chaos the devil planted in their life, it's like he delivers a beautiful bouquet on your door. How many of you have ever been in a situation where everything was going great and it is like you woke up and the devil had put something on your doorstep that had just exploded in your house? So many times when the chaos that the devil has planted, when it starts to bud and when it starts to become beautiful, it looks appealing. It looks pretty. It looks special. He was looking so hot that day. Oh, whenever he walked in your path, she was looking fine when she come walking across that way oh it was looking great the job sounded great but when the but when your gardener is the devil the root of it all is meant to destroy you everything that the devil has put in your path is meant to destroy you see when you have authority you have the ability to see past uh, to, to see past the facade of the, uh, the, the the beauty of it all and you have the ability through the authority that God has given you to see the root of the issue hmm. why is this in my life I'm not going to crawl in a hole and die right now because I'm in the middle of chaos you look at the root of it through the authority that God has given you. In the middle of the chaos in your life, you look through it all and you say, I will make it through this. I will stand in the middle of it all. All of these things may be pretty. The devil may be trying to distract me, but I will stand in the middle of this 
all. You take the authority. You take the authority. And when you find yourself in chaos and you start picking the flowers, you start picking the flowers that the devil has planted. You start smelling them. It smells great. It looks good. All of a sudden, you start picking these flowers that the devil has planted just as a quick way out. It's going to be so much easier if I just take this and go than have to sit through this turmoil. It's just going to be easier for me to give up to this plan. It's going to be easier for me to give in to the report of the doctor. It's going to be easier for me just to say, oh, it's all over. It's going to be easier for me just to go and buy my own casket. It's going to be easier for me just to take this than have to dwell in this middle of chaos. See, whenever you get to this moment, you find it as an easy solution and you will start to dig yourself a grave that you just can't get out of. Huh? Chaos. But you don't understand. My life is full of chaos. You don't understand. Everywhere I go, it's chaos. I never have a moment of peace. I never have a moment of joy. I can never keep a job. I never have mountaintop experiences. Everything is low valleys. It's chaos after chaos. My life is just chaos. You don't understand as your pastor today, I tell you, you need some authority in your life. You need the authority of God in your life. Let's look at a life of chaos. Job, don't turn there. Just listen. Job's life was chaos. Job, brother Job, it was chaos. Everything that he was going through was straight up chaos. Chaos, chaos, chaos. It wasn't just any chaos, but it was God-ordained chaos. Listen to this scripture, Job chapter 1, verse 6 through 12. It says, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, oh, I'm just roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it, doing his job, creating chaos, looking for the next person to destroy. And in verse 8, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Isn't that nice? Don't you love it when the Lord just offers you up to the devil? Isn't that sweet? He says, well, have you considered my servant Job since you're looking for someone to destroy? Have you considered my servant Job? Yeah, th thanks, Lord. There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and he is upright. He's a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, have you not put a hedge of protection around him and his household and everything that he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now, but now stretch out your hand and strike everything that he has. He will surely curse you to your face. The devil's like, I've got this. I've got it. I'm going to drop this bomb of chaos on him. It's going to last 42 chapters. Don't that sound fun? I've got him. He's mine. I'm going to drop this chaos since God said I could. In the middle of it all. And he's going to curse you to your face. And in verse 12, the Lord said to Satan, Very well then. Everything he has is in your power. But on that man himself, do not lay a finger 
Oh, my son. You can take away all that stuff. You can, you can cause chaos in his life. But do not lay a finger on that man. It was God-ordained chaos. Chaos that God allowed to happen in order to bring Job to a new dimension. It was chaos that Job needed. God said, sure, you can do anything to him. But don't lay a finger on him. Why? Because I have the authority over his life. And I am telling you, you can't touch my child. You want to talk about chaos? Let's talk about chaos, shall you thought you had a bad day in the rain this morning. You thought your hair looked bad. Listen to this chaos. Theft of all oxen and donkeys and camels. Murder of all of his servants. Death of his children. Misery and bitterness. Lack of peace. Lack of sleep and terrifying dreams and visions. Shame and fear. Torment. Alienation from his wife and his family. His own wife just said, just curse God and die. I knew he should have never married that old bat. Loss of dignity. Painful sores over his entire body. Bleeding and broken skin. It was unending pain and misery. How many of you have ever seen the movie Misery? You know when Kathy Bates is, yeah, it was misery. Everything that could happen to that poor man happened in 42 chapters of his life. You thought your bad week was bad. Oh, no, you won't talk about chaos here. And you thought your chaos was bad last week when Mr. Vice President was in town and you had to detour. You thought that was chaos. No, 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 no. But through all of this, God still had the authority over his child. What? How could this be? I know it's hard to understand, but you just got to know God's got this. Whatever situation that you are in, through God's authority, you have got to tell yourself this morning, God's got this. Now, I don't care what you're going through. God is in authority, and he is saying, I've got you this morning. I've got this. God has the authority. It may look like you're in hell, but heaven is standing guard. Why? Because God has authority over your life. The word says this morning, even when I don't see it, he's working. He never stops. The word word says he never sleeps he never slumbers while we were singing that song this morning we were singing over your chaos this morning because he never stops working he has all authority he never stops working Job's life was in chaos but because he didn't accept the flowers because he didn't accept what the devil had put in front of him. Because he did not accept the things that the devil had planted in his life. It would have been so much easier just to curse the Lord and everything go away. It would have become so much easier. But because Job did not do that. Whenever you get home, flip to the last chapter of his story. Job 42. It reads, the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. Yeah, yeah, he took authority. He had 14,000 sheep, 
that is double the amount that he started with. He took authority. He had 6,000 camels. That is double the amount that he started with. Because a man took authority. He had a thousand yoke of oxen and a thousand donkeys. That is double the amount that his story started with because he took authority of his situation. And he also had seven more sons and three daughters. And the word says, nowhere in all of the land were there found women as beautiful as Job's daughters. Mm. And their father granted them an inheritance along with their brothers. And the last words say, after this, Job lived 140 years. And he saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. And so Job died an old man and full of years. Wow. What a story of authority. When someone, he could have just taken the flowers that the devil planted. He could have just taken the flowers and run. He could have just cursed God and everything would have been over. He could have just said, God, I'm not believing. Devil, just do whatever you want to. And devil would have released the curse. And everything would have been fine in his life. He could have just taken it. He could have run. But he didn't take the bait. He didn't take the flowers. But through God, he discovered authority in the middle of his chaos. I tell you right now, don't accept the flowers that the devil has planted in your life. Do not accept the flowers that the devil has planted in your life. They may be pretty. It may seem like an easier route right now. He may look like the right one right now, single lady. She caught you in the middle of a nasty breakup and you thought this was a gift from God. The money amount was right for the job offer, but it's your dream house. He promised you your dream house if you just marry him. No, 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 hon. No, no, you don't know. You don't know right now. You don't understand. There may be something that the devil has planted in the middle of your life to distract the plan of God. I'm speaking to someone this morning. Don't take the flowers, but get yourself some authority and start talking like you have authority. Can I get an amen this morning? Start walking like you have authority. God did not create you to be the footstool of an enemy. God did not create you. No, he said you are more than a conqueror. You may look like you're in chaos, but the word says I created you to be more than a conqueror. I am giving you authority this morning. Do not accept the flowers. Listen, you don't have to have a doctoral degree to know that there are patterns of numbers throughout Scripture. It's just obvious. If you look throughout Scripture, you will see a lot of the same numbers over and over and over and over again. And these have great meaning even to us today. Remember the covenant that God had with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob, because of this covenant, had 12 sons. The 12 sons were a reflection of the power and authority in the covenant that God had with these people. 12. Those 
12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. They became the power and the authority of a nation. Hmm. Going into the New Testament, Jesus is standing in the temple at the age of 12. And he is teaching in the temple. The crowds were astonished and amazed at the power and the authority that he was speaking with at the age of 12. And as, 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 as the 12-year-old grew older and started his ministry, he picked 12 disciples and he gave them the power and authority to cast out demons and lay hands on the sick. 12 is the number of God's power and God's authority. And right in the middle of this story, what do we have here, my friends? We have a lady who has been with the issue of blood for 12 years. What do we have in this story? We have a little girl who is dead and now she is 12 years old. Do you understand the meaning of this story? Do you understand the revelation that God is giving to us today? Do you understand what he is saying? He is saying, I have the power and authority that you need. There is no issue too big for me. Put your hands together like you believe it. There is nothing too big for me. Stand upon your feet this morning. There is nothing too big for me. He says there is no issue. Is it, a, is it a coincidence? No. What it was, she had reached the age where God was giving something to her. She had been bleeding for 12 years and in that moment when the story's connected, the 12 becomes the authority and the power that she needed to say I'm not staying in my little grass hut anymore, but I'm pressing to Jesus all of a sudden the 12 year old receives the authority because it was that moment in her life when she needed to get up every issue in this place must cease this morning do you receive that word Every issue must cease this morning. Tradition must cease. The environment must shift. Chaos must cease. When the authority walks into the room, he don't even have to show his badge. No, sickness just comes out with its hands up. He don't even have to pull out a weapon. Depression just gets flat down on the floor. He don't even have to use fancy rhetoric. He just says, go in peace for you are free. He just says, Talitha Kum, little girl. I'll get up this morning. I believe that somebody has been in a season of chaos, but this morning God is telling you, you've got the authority inside of your spirit. Take hold of that thing this morning. You don't get it though. You've been walking around saying chaos. You've been speaking with authority without having it. And this is what it looks like, speaking with but not having it. Chaos, you have no place in my life. Chaos, you have no place in my life. Chaos, don't come near my house. Chaos, 
Don't come near my kids. See, y'all, you're sitting here saying things, but I have to differ with you. No, chaos does have a place in your life. The place is right before a miracle. The place for chaos in your life is right before revival. The place for chaos in your life is right before a breakthrough. You thought chaos in your life was going to break you. No, listen here, hon. It's going to make you this morning because chaos is the welcome mat for a breakthrough this morning. Chaos is the appetizer for your miracle. Chaos, it may be bitter, but God is leading you to something so sweet this morning. Sing with me. We make miracle. Sing it again. We make Take authority this morning. We make authority this morning how many of you really believe he's a way maker even when I can't see it even when all I can see are the flowers that the devil has planted in my life he's working as they were singing this is what we're going to do today this is how we're going to end our service this morning see We're going to fill up our altars with worship this morning. Chaos hates authority. Authority is distributed during the middle of worship. So we're going to fill our altars up with the worship. And this is what we're going to do. Your chaos this morning, the devil, devil, chaos, we're giving you a seat. And you're going to sit right here, situation. Sickness, you're going to sit right here. Depression, you're going to sit right here. 
We're taking authority this morning. Demons in hell, you're going to sit right here. My mind that you've held captive for so long, you're going to sit right here. And you're going to watch me worship my way right through this today. I feel like something is about to break loose on somebody's life today. Somebody's getting free today. I need this place to be filled with worshipers this morning. Somebody who said there is nothing that the devil is going to do to stop me today. Come on, we got more people who's got some chaos in their life. We got some people with issues. We got some people who say, no, 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 no. Devil, watch me worship my way out of this. Chaos, watch it be broken over my life. Come on, sing it out this morning. Way hey. breaker, way breaker, God is working on you. Sickness, God is working on you. I need somebody to come into agreement with me this morning. I said, sickness, God's working on you this morning. Broken home, God is working on you this morning. Divorce, God is working on you this morning. Lost child, come home this morning. God's working on you this morning. See, see listen. The devil is so stupid. The devil is so stupid because do you know what flowers do a lot of times? Flowers mark the place of death. That's what flowers do. We spend big money on flowers to put on top of a casket. And when the casket get lowered into the ground, we put all these flowers on top of the soil and it marks a place of death. That's what flowers do. See, see, the devil don't understand. The devil's been doing this for years, but he's so stupid and he still don't get it. See, because what he thought was going to kill you, somebody needs to get with me this morning. What he thought was going to kill you, you are going to take hold of 
and you're going to give it to the Lord and God is working all things for your good this morning I said God is working all flowers for your good this morning see and the devil thought he was going to mark your death but when God turns it around he's actually marking the place of your new beginning I don't think you got that I said the devil is trying to mark the place of your death but God is turning it around and he's marking the place of a new beginning this morning looky here I'm not good with math but I can count there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten there are 12 flowers here see the devil don't even realize what he's doing this morning the devil is about to give somebody their authority back to them he has stripped it off you but today he's giving somebody some authority back this morning you may not see it but somebody needs to grab a hold of it this morning come on sing it like you mean it this morning even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. Authority this morning. We will not hold her captive anymore. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Touch her today, God. Touch her today, God. Touch her today, God. Move upon her life right now. He's never stopping. He doesn't sleep. He never slumbers this morning. Even when I don't see it's your work. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. God, right you never now. stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. at somebody and say I'm not dying today look at somebody and say I'm not dying today I'm just arriving today I'm just arriving today I'm not dying 
I'm just arriving today. Oh, and when I arrive, I'm going to have double the amount of camels. My children are going to be prosperous. Right now, the authority that you are receiving, a generation is going to thank you for it. I said, moms and dads, the authority that God is placing on you right now this morning, generations will thank you for it. I'm not dying today. I'm just arriving today. I'm not dying today. I'm just getting started today. Devil, we take authority over you. I speak authority over every home in this church. I speak authority over our city. I speak authority over our nation. God, what is bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. But whatever we loose on earth, we loose it in heaven today, God. Loose down an outpouring of your spirit. Loose it today over us, oh God. Break chains over our minds. There are people that are standing right here. The chaos has been in their mind. The devil said they'll never make it. The devil has told them to take their life but today they are alive and they're just getting started today oh God. God right now may the drug addict be free. May the prostitute come clean today oh God. Oh God I'm calling lost children home. Lost children come home. God right now. If you're in this place and you say, I need Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, I want you to come. I need to be saved. I need that authority in my life. I just need Jesus Christ, anyone. I want to pray with you today. I want to, I want to pray with you today. I need Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, anyone. Today is a day Somebody needs to write it in a journal. Somebody needs to write it on a calendar. Because today you're getting your life back. Today you're getting your authority back. What the devil meant to mark your death, God is using it to mark your new beginning. He's giving some authority back to your life. Right now, God, I thank you. I thank you for what you have done in this place this morning. God, I thank you that when the devil woke me up this morning and said, you might as well roll over, I thank you I got out of bed and I just started to worship you this morning. God, I thank you that in the middle, although we have parking spots that are filled with water, that this group of people took authority this morning and said that the devil is not going to hinder me from receiving a word this morning. God, I thank you that there were other churches, people stayed at home. God, you are doing something in this place, God, that draws people who are hungry for the power and the authority of your spirit. God, I thank you, God, that somebody walked in here. You've been dealing with it, it seems, for 12 long years. But God is taking it today, and he's using it for authority. God, I thank you in advance that today somebody's life is just getting started because somebody is discovering authority. We will not settle. In the middle of chaos, we will not take the things that the devil offers us just for a quick, easy way out. But we will fight. We will stand firm like the tree that's been planted by the water. 
we shall not be moved. Amen and amen. If you receive this word over your life this morning, will you just clap? Will you just clap with me this morning? Will you just shout with me this morning? Come on, open up your mouth this morning. Open up your mouth like you got your authority back. Oh, yes, Lord, we thank you this morning.